So tonight in the uh, chapel, we will be having our evening of remembrance um, to honor and um, remember and even grieve those we've lost this year, um, the f- friends and families that have uh, gone on to be with the Lord, um, we will remember them. Uh, we have kids going and doing all sorts of Christmas-ish things, like Six Flags, the way the three wise men did. Um, we have, uh, everywhere, everywhere around you, we've, we've got stuff going on at this place. Uh, there is uh, the, the blankets we took up last week. Uh, Path was able to start giving out blankets this week instead of after the first of the year because of the amount of donations uh, y'all gave last week. And so I just am so thankful for you guys. Um, Also, we try to give out uh, gift cards at the gathering uh, and every year. And if, if you don't have a gift card on you right now, just a spare one, Dana will take cash. Yes. Always, but specifically this morning, um, that will go toward gift cards for those who meet at the gathering um, and they make their holidays a little brighter. Uh, The youth group is adopting a family and helping supply Christmas gifts for them. A lot is happening. It reminded me this week of a... uh, of a church sign I saw. It wasn't the church sign. It was those peg, the things you put in the ground, you know. Um, it was the things that said, I go to this church. Which we might make and give to some of you. <laughs> Just a joke. I'm against, I'm against the bumper stickers that tell people what church you go to because I've seen some of you drive. I've seen me drive. There's a lot of times I've thought, I hope they don't follow me to the church from here. But this little sign in the yard uh, was for a church. Uh, it was a Baptist church in town. It said, 8th Avenue Baptist. It's happening here. I always thought, what's happening there? Because... It, I don't trust. I've had a tough relationship with that word. Sometimes I've been in the middle of it. And sometimes I'm on the other side of it. And sometimes it's just getting started. But that's always, for me, been something I've just been thankful for as a follower of Christ, that I get to be in a family where we don't have to go through it alone. And that we're all going through it. And while some of us may be on the other side of it, and some of us might not be even in the holiday season, right smack in the middle of it, and some of us, for some of us, it might 
just be getting started. We all know what it is. We can always put a finger on the pain and the brokenness in the world around us that makes us say to people, I am going through it. And that difficulty in community, although difficult and hard, can be beautiful. All of the prophets, Isaiah, Zephaniah, Malachi, speak to a group of people who are in the middle of it. But unbeknownst to them, it's just getting started. And also unbeknownst to them, they will make their way through it. And be on the other side of it. But the prophets come to these people and are announcing the reality. First, that brokenness is upon us. And second, and more importantly, God will not leave us. The fact that we, we've all been through it makes it even more confounding that humans, human beings, will say to other human beings, you need to cheer up. Has it ever worked in the history of mankind? Has it ever accomplished the task to, to see someone who's struggling even, and they're, they're hurting, or even they're, maybe they are just hungry? Because that could be it as well. To see someone going through something and just to argue them into or imperative them into just a better mood. You need to cheer up. It won't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. It works like the word calm down. Calm down. Okay. Oh. No one's ever heard those words and achieved the sentence. They don't just cheer up. Too many funerals have been failed attempts to get people in the pews to cheer up. Those people who are going through it, right smack dab in the middle of it. Let's not be sad today. They wouldn't want us to be sad. Well, I don't care what Papa wanted. I'm sad. <laughs> How rude of him to impose upon me some emotions at this point. I'm sad. And that's okay. I'm brokenhearted. I miss the people I love. 
we got to talking at my house about my grandmother. My grandmother has been dead for 12 years. I know that off the top of my head because she died about a week before Macy was born. Uh, my grandfather, her husband, died about a month before Clara was born. And she was a nut. She was fun to have around. She was tiny. And I always remember her as old. But I'm sure there was a time in my life where she was 40. I just thought, I can't believe she's getting around without a walker. <laughs> but I also remember regularly jumping out from behind things and scaring that woman. And I was telling my kids this, and they said, Dad, she could have died. I said, I'm, I know that now. I, I'm just happy they, they have the wherewithal to have corrected my former self. But there, I still miss her. Christmas falls apart in ways that you don't know it when the matriarchs and the patriarchs in our world aren't there. And to stand in front of a group who, who is grieving and say, guys, they wouldn't want us to be sad. Well, maybe their human self wouldn't have wanted us to be sad, but they know better now that the grief we experience going through this together needs to be experienced. And cheer up's just a waste of words because we've all been through it. None of the prophets come to the people and say, hey, you're in the middle of it, but it's just getting started. But what I need you to do is cheer up. We also go through it together in, in pairs oftentimes as family. And that's hard in and of itself. Because we all grieve things at different paces and different ways. And so you may, you may but I, I know this for a fact, marriages. Marriages where one person's it, like dealing with their grief through bargaining and the other one's doing it through anger don't get along at that time. It's just the way it is. But you, you still have to be there together to get through it. So we don't cheer up. So why does it ever feel appropriate to talk about joy? Because joy's not cheering up. Joy's not getting happier. I've done a lot of funerals in my life. Um, more than I can count. And I've always been at the meal beforehand, trying not to spill 
you know that barbecue sauce and like cocktail weenies they have in the crock pot trying to get not to get that on my my suit fried chicken you know what's always at those meals tons of laughter And what's sad is, not sad, but what's interesting is they're usually laughing at the deceased. Remember when dad did that one thing? My grandfather used to park in handicap spots. He couldn't get a sticker, but he believed he was owed it. We all have those people. So, so what often happens is the guy who gives the eulogy stands behind the pulpit and says, he was the best man I, know, I knew. They usually talk about the profession and then their being a, a human. And they'll say how good they were at their profession and then they were even better as a human. That's the formula. Like he was a very good welder, and an even better man, like that. And everyone just says, oh yes, that's right. But in the meal, they were talking about how he stole things sometimes. <laughs> you know, like they, the, the two worlds exist, but they're the same. What's happening over there? What's happening in the meal is not that they cheered up for a moment. It's that their joy is giving them strength. That joy is not the absence of pain or absence of turmoil. It's not being free from it. Joy is the drumbeat that allows us to dance through the symphony of grief. Pushes us along. And I don't know if there's ever been a time in my life where there isn't something that I'm not going through something. Wrestling with something. And it's my relationship with God and, important, my relationship with with others, with you guys, with my family. That's what allows us to sing the song of joy in the brokenness. When we had Clara uh, 13 years ago, there was a the doctor wanted me to cut the umbilical cord. And I, I did, but he didn't know that I'd had no training. <laughs> I'd never done that before. He just handed me an implement with sharp parts on it. Like, it was, it was really, they've got the little, the little, uh, the little balls on the end of it, so it's not spike, so it's essentially like the medical grade safety scissors. <laughs> and they, he's like, here, just, here, you, I'm like, I, 
I didn't know I was going to have a job, but I did it. And you know what? Probably the best that's ever been done. <laughs> but when they gave us Clara, we were holding her and just like, I don't know what to do with this feeling. And so I, but like, it's not the same as getting a new car. <laughs> Cars are way easier to take care of. But I don't feel the same thing when I, when I get a car once every 15 years. And, but this child, and then you love that kid so much, and 15 months later, do you hear me? 15 months later, there's Macy. And I remember, I remember thinking, in, while we were pregnant, what were we? <laughs> Excuse me, women. While Rachel was pregnant, and I was just skipping around free from all of that, Rachel was pregnant with Macy thinking, how in the world am I going to love like this again? And then there it is. And then we find out Nolan's a boy and we think, disaster. <laughs> how in the world are we going to, these girls are perfect and sweet. This boy's going to come mess everything up. And we love him just, it's, it, it just, the love just kept happening. But their lives are tumultuous when they're children. You ever seen a kid that was tired? They grieve it, don't they? They deny it. They bargain. They're depressed about it. They're angry about it. And then eventually, praise the Lord, they accept it. They think it's the end of the world. This tired feeling is so strange to them. What is going on? We know they get a nap. They don't. And so there's, we're watching their lives knowing the trauma they're going through just because they're hungry. Or as, as like a six-month-old. If your back itches as a six-month-old, you have no way of telling anybody. You just cry. It's tough. But in their waves, we don't go, well, okay, I love you a little less now because you're going through it. We, it's nonstop joy for me. That's why, that's why when Zephaniah, the way Zephaniah talks about that day, uh, I think it was actually on the screen, if you'll put it up there. Verse 14 says, Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. This is before it, it has even happened. He's talking about the other side of it. The Lord has taken away judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, 
a warrior who gives victory. He, God, will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of a festival. I can't get over the God who's rejoicing at my existence. I can't, I cannot, the whole point, and I told, I told DJ this at the beginning of the week, I said, I'm going to start in Zephaniah and we'll jump to Luke. Couldn't get to Luke this week. I kept staring at this God rejoicing over me like a child who was born to him. This God who knows I'm about to go through it, knows I'm in the middle of it, knows that I'm on the other side of it, but it has wrecked me. Like a mother with a child in her arms, our God rejoices over us. And if I walked into Walmart, now I'm a different bird, but there, so I might, I don't know. But if I, most of you, if you walked into Walmart and someone was standing there in, in, the, in the entryway, not just a greeter saying, hey, how are you? Would you like a sticker? But like someone saying, hey, let's dance for a couple of minutes. <laughs> nothing serious, nothing intimate, just some silly dancing. Most of us would go, I'm fine. No one runs up to me, even if Claire and Macy run up to me and say, time for some silly dancing, I'm, I'm in. Because their whole lives, they have been a joy to me. Some, sometimes I think what's, what's keeping us from joy is we're not fully convinced of the joy the Father feels for His children. That God rejoices over you. Rejoices over your adoption into his family. Rejoices over your birth as a, as a new creature into his world. Into his salvation, into his forgiveness. God rejoices over you. And as we see each other. Part of loving each other is being happy to see each other. And I say happy by means of being joyful. These are my people. This is my fellow, fellow follower of Jesus. So there's a food drive that was going on, um, and uh, we were invited to help with it, and we loved it, and I was, I, I remember we were just asking people as they were going into Walmart, hey, do you want to dance? No, we weren't saying that. We were saying, here's a list of food items. If you can pick up anything else extra, that would be really appreciated. We'll bring it back here to the buggy, and they were coming back. They were coming out, and they, most people, nothing. That's fine. It's fine. I get it. Some people, just a, two cans of peas. 
peanut butter. There was a couple of people who forgot to get stuff, wanted to, forgot to get stuff. All they had on them was $2, and they gave us $2. And as I was watching that happen, just small donations, some were big donations. People would come out with a whole bu buggy full and set it down and say, thank you very much, and they would leave. Some people would just hand me a box of granola bars. I was just overjoyed because I was meeting more of my people. Not that the people who weren't getting food weren't followers of Christ, but these people showing up, giving me things. If they weren't followers of Christ, they had a spirit. This idea of I'm going to help somebody else. I'm going to love somebody else. And I would, they would show up and I felt like, I felt nervous because I thought they might, I, I thought they might think I was faking it when I was going, thank you. But I meant it. I was so pumped for these people. God filled me with joy that day. Because God, God was working through others. And as I look around at you guys, I want you, I want you to have the joy God can provide. But it begins with knowing the joy God has. Both for you and for the person you don't know standing next to you at the store. That God dances with us so whether you're going through it or it's just getting started or you're on the other side of it but it just won't let you go it is helpful to remember that you are a child of a god who you bring joy to. You are a child of God, and he rejoices over you. Let's pray. Father, we are at times confused about why we sh should be joyful, why we should dance with you. But we trust in you. We have faith in you. We put our hope in you. So if you dance with joy, so will we. Fill us with your spirit. Give us a strength of joy that comes from our relationship with you and our relationship with others. Bless us in this time. And God, for those who are going through it, for those who are, for those whom it's just getting started, and for those who are on the other side of it, God, God, 
Meet them where they are and fill them with your joy so that they might grieve in your presence. Bless us this week as we bring your kingdom to this place. May we be those who dance in joy with you and for others. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.